0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: All right, people, you know that sound. It is the Unfiltered Band. It means another episode of Unfiltered coming your way. Officially, episode 126. You can jump on the Unfiltered Revolution on Twitter at Casey Stern. Jump in the bio, get on the YouTube channel, or Believes, that's B-L-E-A-V, as we continue the hot stove portion of... Uh, there's no off-season in baseball. I just say uh, the... The, the non-playing portion, at least on the field, as we get a chance to welcome in our good friend of the show, Mark Feinstein, who is done in his Commander's Colors. Hello, sir. How are you, sir? I, I know we were we were just talking about this a little bit before we came on, but I got to give you a chance to at least uh, you revel in. Is there in the meter of, because I love asking you stuff like this, and we talked about this over the years in the past. We don't get to be fans, right? So when we talk football, we get to just be fans because neither of us cover it which yes, is, is, is fun. Where in the beating team insert here is the highest power-ranked feeling of greatness for me as a fan? Does Mark Feinstein, the Islander fan, because you could put beating the Rangers, right? The two, the two sports I know you're diehard in, or here. Is it the Eagles, the Cowboys? Like, Is beating the Eagles on a nationally televised game, is that as good as it gets?
0: Certainly beating the undefeated Eagles in Philly, <laughs> <laughs> on prime time, uh, is gotta rank right up there. I, generally speaking, uh, a Washington win over the Eagles is is number one on my power rankings. Uh, certainly for a regular season here. I mean, even over beating the, the Rangers, game, even over beating yeah, the Rangers, yeah. You know, I uh, the Rangers have been, I should say, the Islanders have been. Mostly irrelevant for a long time, and the couple of years where they weren't, the Rangers were kind of irrelevant. Yeah, that's so right,
1: that's true. That's they true. haven't
0: had a matchup where both since like the 90s, stake since, right? Uh, you know, somewhere in the 90s, probably. Yeah, the football has a different feeling just because there's not as many games. I have a couple of really obnoxious Eagle fan friends, um, who love to just, you know, especially since they finally won their first Super Bowl a few years ago. Just love to rag on how bad Washington's been, et cetera. Um, One of our one of our colleagues, Tyler Kepner, being chief among them. Uh Uh, And so getting a win over the Eagles, especially in Philly, in a situation where we're 11 point underdogs. There aren't there aren't many wins that have felt more satisfying than that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yankee manager Aaron Boone. Booney, for people who don't know, huge Eagles fan. That's another guy that's on that list. Uh, so let me just follow with with one here, because and happy Thanksgiving early uh, to you and yours. Uh, Thanksgiving Day, we all watch football. We get some terrible games. Are you rooting for? Um, neither team shows up. They both come down with an illness, or the Cowboys or the Giants. Like where? Like what? How do you watch that game, knowing that you dislike both of those teams as much as you must?
0: usually when those teams play or if you throw the <laughs> eagles in there it, it's mostly based on the standings which team do i which team benefits washington more by losing um you ever see the the dark knight rises you know that Oh, i love the where, dark knight Rises where heinz ward is returning the kick and the whole field just crumbles yes right them? yes yes i mean if that happened yeah you know, no problem uh, you know that's no problem. one of those things where you're like uh-huh. oh, that would be a shame but no I, and seriously it usually it just depends on on which team like whichever team washington is Closer to in the wild card race by Thanksgiving Day, that'll be the team I root to lose.
1: Well, here's my segue. The Heinz-Ward thing would change the, body, the betting odds, but you can always know BetOnline's there for you. Basketball's back. BetOnline, your number one source for your sports betting needs this season. Odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. they need source for all your sports wagering info, it features live betting-free contests and giveaways all season long. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet your favorite sports and events, whether it is the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Get over to BetOnline.ag and get your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Use this promo code. It's BELIEVE, BLE. EAV to receive your rewards. It's been Online where the game starts, and I want to get started where we were yesterday as we do this here live for those uh, who are uh, listening on Spotify and everywhere uh, Apple you get your podcast. We just had the Rookie of the Year's announced. Um, you know, I don't want to get into the two Braves because you know, speaking of fandom, why discuss the Braves? Uh, no, but I, I, <laughs> I want to talk about the the American League because. To me, especially with Seattle, Mark, you know, coming in with this this you know all-star game coming to them, <coughs> finally get to the postseason. I know it doesn't go the way they want against Houston, but how much is this just the exclamation point of just a magical year for that franchise to see J. Rod do what we all knew he would and get the rookie of the year?
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean it, he was a, a wonder from the beginning. And, you know, when he made the uh, the roster out of spring training, it was like, all right, well, let's go. Let's see what this kid's about couple injuries along the way, but every time he was on the field, he was just electric. He really changed sort of the, I think, a national view of that franchise, right? And and the fact that they were building on that 90-win season from 2021 uh, and they were able to get to the playoffs this year. You know, they lost to Houston, but those were some great games and, and they, you know, were, were a key hit away from uh, from potentially upsetting Houston. Uh, it's great. The All-Star Game's there next year. He is going to be the face and the host of that game. Uh, I am I'm, I would guarantee he gets voted in by the fans. That seems like a no-brainer. Um, and this is a guy who, you know, you always keep waiting for who's that next superstar. And it was going to be, you know, a few years ago we were talking about Acuna and Soto and Tatis, and which one of those guys were going to become the face of the game. And Acuna's had his injury issues, and Tatis obviously had the PED situation and injuries. Um, Soto has been great. But since they won the World Series, he's sort of, you know, been in a little bit of a downswing. Now he's in a new place. He still has a chance to be that guy. But right now you'd have to say J-Rod, you know, second to Aaron Judge, J-Rod's probably the, uh, you know, arguably the biggest potential star in the game. The guy who could sort of take that uh, take that baton and run with it. So uh, great, great for him. Really uh, a big day for Adley Rutschman, too. And I know... This is sort of getting inside baseball, CBA kind of stuff. But Adley Rutschman didn't start the season with the team because he was hurt. There was talk he was going to make the roster. Uh, He ended up not debuting until I think sometime in May. And he would not have had a full year of service time and might not have even been in that Super 2 conversation, depending on the way the days shake out. With the new rules in the CBA, if you finish second in rookie of the year, first or second, and you have fewer than 60 days of service time, you get a full year of service time. So Adley Rutchman now gets that full year of service time because he finished second, which puts him on the path to quicker arbitration, to quicker free agency. Um, so something that seemed to go overlooked by some people when the CBA got signed, uh, this was something that the, the union was certainly hoping w- would have that kind of impact and maybe encourage teams going forward, well, maybe don't leave your guy. And Adley was an injury thing. It wasn't the Orioles trying to manipulate service time. But for teams that would look to manipulate service time, don't do it. Because even if you bring the guy up in you know mid-May when you think you're safe or early May when you think you're safe from the arbitration situation, if that guy plays well, he's going to get a full year.
1: Let me go to kind of where you were, Chairman <clears throat> Mark Feinstein. you talk about the Orioles and the Mariners. We're going to talk, and I want to bounce around free agency. We talk about the same teams, right? And a lot of it is the big markets. We also know where the money is spent. There's a lot of talk about, and we'll discuss it. Steve Cohen, money with the Mets, the judge situation with the Yankees, You know, even the Cubs who weren't very good, but they're going to spend money, and it's the Cubs, the forgotten teams, the teams that were relevant this year that took steps and the term capitalizing on that, right? Certainly with the Mariners, they got an all-star game coming up this year, but what the Orioles did, both the teams you just discussed, Mark, this year, how much do you think there's pressure on those franchises to now push a little bit? It's one thing for that it's nice when it's a surprise, and hey, maybe we came quicker in Baltimore's situation, certainly, than people thought, but how much pressure do you think there is on those franchises now to at least spend a little bit of money and try and give their fan base and the folks inside that clubhouse That proof in the pudding that, hey, look, we're not just happy to be here. We want to be now a consistent winner.
0: I'm not sure it's pressure. I think these teams want to do it, and they're ready to do it. I spoke to Mike Elias at the GM meetings last week in Vegas, and I said this must be a different kind of offseason for you coming to these meetings knowing you're going to be in play in the free agent market. And the Orioles have not signed a free agent to a multi-year deal since 2018 when they signed Alex Cobb. Uh, to a four-year deal, and Andrew Cashner to a two-year deal. So it's been five years almost, or five off-seasons anyway, that they haven't spent any money and haven't been in the free agent game. And and Michael Elias looked at me and said, yeah, I came to these meetings and I actually kind of feel relevant again, mm-hmm. uh, which has got to be a nice feeling. You know, when you take a job like that and you're going through this rebuilding program, whether it's a three-year plan, a five-year plan, whatever the, the plan in your mind is, uh, you sort of can't wait to get to the end of that where you can then do your job the way everybody else does their job. So, you know, the Orioles are looking for kind of that, maybe not an ace, we're not talking about Jacob DeGrom or Justin Verlander, but they're looking for that number two, number three type starter. They're looking to add a bat or two. And obviously, you know, Elias didn't say how much money they were looking to spend, but he said that with the budget they have in mind and the amount of money he believes he has to spend this winter, he believes he can get all three. And if the Orioles can add a couple of bats uh, and a, a starting pitcher who can really help solidify the front of that rotation... Uh, you know they're they're not going away anytime soon.
1: Yeah, and look, the Mariners also so much young so these two teams so much young talent, but that also means it's controllable talent and talent that you're not putting a lot of finances in. So there's going to be money to spend. But you just need to see where those two teams go. I want to go to where we just saw the last team standing with the Astros for a second, the James Click situation. Uh, <clears throat> you know, clearly when you offer that kind of a deal, it's like you know when Bryce Harper got offered what I called the hotel bill contract, where you're walking out of the hotel, you've already paid, and it's too late, and all of a sudden, there's the bill that's under the door. That's how the Nationals tried to keep Bryce Harper. In my opinion, when I look back, they never really made the efforts you need. They kind of saved face. Was that a save face offer, just to offer something, offer click a year, knowing he's not going to take that, considering the situation? And how ugly of a situation is that, Mark? And how rare after a World Series win?
0: It's really bizarre. Really bizarre. I mean, obviously, James Click and Jim Crane did not see eye to eye on running the team and, and, you know, how to go about doing that. But when a guy wins a World Series, you know, to to ditch your GM after that uh, is a pretty controversial move. And, yeah, I don't think there was any question that the one-year offer was a cosmetic offer, if nothing else. uh, You know, James Click was not going to take that deal and go into another season. If you can't get a multi-year deal after winning the World Series and being in another one, how are you possibly? What's going to happen next? year? You're going to win another World Series. And they're going to give you another one-year deal. So um, clearly, it was an untenable situation between the two of them. We've seen a lot of reporting, and I've spoken to some people who uh, said that Reggie Jackson and Jeff Bagwell have had sort of an undue amount of influence on Jim Crane in terms of uh, you know sort of the moves that the team makes and and going about running the team, uh, which is bizarre. James Click is, was a very is a very well respected executive was with the Rays, has been with the Astros. And, uh, you know, they brought him and Dusty in to try to sort of balance the ship after uh, those rocky waters with the uh, sign-sealing scandal. And, and all they did was get to three straight ALCSs, two World Series, and win a World Series. So Dusty gets a one-year deal. Given Dusty's age, the one-year deal kind of Yeah, makes that's sense. right, the age. Given that's James Click's right. age and status and everything else, uh, it was basically a way to force him out with, without actually firing him. Um, although I guess technically they did because he was working. I mean, he was at the GM meetings working for the team on sort of an Atwell contract. Um, really, really strange situation. And What I wonder is, who's taking that job? What GM? I mean, I understand, and I've talked to some other GMs about this, and and they said, look, there's only 30 of these jobs, and if you have a chance to get one, you, you know, it's hard to say no. But going into a situation where the guy who would have been your predecessor won the World Series and couldn't get more than a one-year deal, uh, this seems like... Um, you know, almost like a Dallas Cowboys situation where yeah. Jerry Jones is, is essentially the GM yep. what uh, and we saw, we saw Montero get $34 yep. and a half million dollars from the Astros yep. the other day. They don't have a GM. So clearly crane is making those decisions. Look, Jim Crane's been very successful for a very long time and maybe he will, maybe he doesn't need a veteran GM or, or a, uh, you know, an actual GM to, to run it. He can have some of the assistant GMs help him out with the contracts and, and stuff like that, but he's going to make the decisions and, uh, it's fascinating stuff in Houston right now.
1: Yeah. It gets dicey too. When you do that, because they, then the owner has got to be directly involved and look at as and always for Jerry Jones ended up netting to the positive because then you're the one in front of the mic answering the questions. Cause there's not a GM to do that. Uh, chat with Mark Feinstein here on unfiltered. So I, let me bounce around. Let's, let's start with the judge situation. <sighs> you know, it, it's, I, I sigh because they need each other. They need each other to a high level. Nothing against the San Francisco Giants. They're not the New York Yankees who are giving you to the New York Yankees. Now, you know, it's being thrown out there that maybe he could be the captain. Regardless, he's the the king of New York in that jersey. And with the Giants, you may take a couple of years to win, even with that desire of that ownership. And who knows where that's going to go? And it's not the Yankees. Who needs the other more, though? I mean, how much is it going to be easier for Aaron Judge to take money somewhere else than it is going to be for the Yankees, Mark, to try and replace him if he leaves? Oh,
0: the Yankees need judge more just because there is no way to replace him. There's nobody, there's not, this is not a Harper Machado free agency where there are two guys who are both at the top of the, of the list. And you go for both and you hope you get one. There is no second guy. Trey Turner doesn't fit their future plans. right it's now. It's Otani Turner, next
1: year, right? I mean, it's if they O'Tani don't get O'Tani judged, that's year. it. Right?
0: And, and Trey Turner's not Aaron Judge anyway. Right. Uh, but shortstop is one position the Yankees insist they're not in on because they have these two prospects who they, really like and they believe that one of them is going to be uh you know a star going forward if not both so there is no way to replace judge short of trading for otani or waiting a year to sign otani and who knows if otani wants to come to new york right when he when he signed uh from japan it was he wanted to be on the west coast so Mm -hmm. why would that have changed um judge is going to have options right so judge is going to be able to go the giants are going to bid for him i think the dodgers could very well be in play some other team always just sort of surfaces, whether it's going to be the Cubs or whether it's going to be the Mets or whoever it may be. I would say right now, the giants and Dodgers are the two biggest threats to the Yankees in terms of keeping judge. Like you said, though, with the giants, they're not in a a full Orioles type teardown, but it's not that far off. They don't have very much on the roster uh, going forward in terms of guaranteed contracts. Uh, They certainly have some nice pieces in place, um, especially, you know, pitching, but I, you know, does Aaron Judge want to go there? And
1: it'd take and, three years. He's probably you know, three years away with the Giants, especially with the Dodgers and Padres in division. Mark, right. Right. And you're going into a division with yeah. the Dodgers who yeah. never yeah. lose, and the He's Padres three years who away. gotten a
0: lot better. Yeah. So I don't know that he. That's the situation now. The Dodgers are a different scenario. That's a team that wins the division every year, spends a ton of money signing him would not prevent them from doing whatever else they oh, need to could do. Could you imagine
1: Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and Aaron Judge in the first three or four in your batting order? I mean... Yeah,
0: I would not want to be a starting pitcher having to go face <laughs> that gauntlet in the first inning. Um, but, you know, and plus, we all know Judge is in California, his wife's from California, that this, you know, who knows what that factor, how that factor is in. Uh, to me, I've been saying all along it makes too much sense on both sides for Aaron Judge to stay with the Yankees. The Yankees need him. They're willing to pay him. I assume that they're gonna. I would be shocked if the Yankees lost Judge because they weren't willing to match or exceed whatever the best offer is out there. Um, and just as they let that offer out in spring, the end of spring training, when they said, "Here's what we offered him for an extension," he wanted to test free agency. We'll see what happens. If they lose Judge, if he signs with one of the California teams or anybody else, you can bet Brian Cashman will be in front of a microphone saying here's what we offered Aaron Judge. Oh, for sure. It because, has to. because the fan base the is fan will free- no, forget it. beside forget itself forget if it. he leaves. Forget it. And the only way for the Yankees not to, the only way for them to save face at all if he leaves is to say, look, we offered him That's right. the same or more That's money. Right. And he Where he took less, to he
1: wanted to leave, right. Which Correct. is still your so, fault in part for letting it hang out there as long as it did. Is yeah, the way a lot here's of, the question. Some fans will look at it that way. Yeah, but here's the question.
0: When you think about what they offered him back in April, Seven yeah. years to 13.5, before, before the before season. the 62 were home that's run right. season. That's right. That was a pretty good contract. I spoke yeah. to people who thought that was pretty fair. It's now, fair. Judge Better himself.
1: It's not great. It's fair,
0: right? What it's hard to pull you
1: over, but it's fair. What
0: happens if judge plays 2022 20, and misses 50 games, hits that's the gamble, 31 home runs. That's, that's the gamble he took. He would have been right. Maybe he would have gotten another five or ten million dollars. Sure, it would not have been. We would not be talking about seven for. That's the gamble he took. Three twenty. He bet on himself. He took the gamble and it paid off in spades. And he's going to be a richer man because of it. But I don't think the Yankees did anything. I don't think their offer was insulting in April. I don't think their offer was, uh, you know, designed to sort of like you were talking about with click, designed to. Put it out there that we wanted to try right. to keep him, but we didn't. You know, right. Robinson Canoe, when he was a free agent, the Yankees oh, yeah. offered him seven for 175. Yes. And they tried to argue, oh, 25 million a year. It's a bigger AAV than Seattle offered him. They knew he wasn't taking anything. That correct. Didn't start with a 200. That's right. That's so right. that was an even offer. Even though it was design,
1: 240, which is Seattle's fault, because they probably didn't even need to go that far.
0: Correct. But that was an offer designed to yes. uh, show the fan base we wanted to keep him. We tried to keep him, even though they knew that was never going to happen. I don't think that was the case in April with Judge. I think that they thought that was a legit, fair contract extension before the 62 home run season. And now that he had this season, the price of poker just went up. So I think, uh, you know, ultimately, I would still put the Yankees as the favorite in this, Um, but I don't think it's an overwhelming favorite. I'd say it's 60-40, he's back in New York, 40% that he ends up with one of those two California teams.
1: I want to talk about two different things that both kind of have the same tie here. One with short stops, which I'm fascinated by in this market more than anything else. And one with with guys like DeGrom and Verlander. The fascinating thing every year and covering this over the years, Mark, about free agency is a lot of it is about striking, even if it's for more than you want, when when it's right, because if you wait too long, And all of a sudden, there aren't those answers that are out there, like what happened when Garrett Cole, the Angels, played that out a long time. They didn't want to give the eighth or ninth year, whatever it was. And then, what? They felt desperate and paid all the money to Rendon who can't pitch, right? So you end up in that situation. Let's start with the pitching. If the Mets are not going to go past wherever their their part is, and it probably is not an AAV-related thing, it's years, right? So let's say they want to give three and don't want to give four or five or whatever somebody else like Texas may go to. They need to go somewhere else because they got to fix this thing. Got an aging Scherzer. Bassett and Walker still kind of hanging out there, right? Walker now a free agent. Bassett, you gave the the, the offer. How quickly do you think Steve Cohen and the Mets need to get this figured out with DeGrom? And they may not have a choice but have to wait because then what happens with Rodon, right, who seems to be the next option, Verlander, who's on that list? How do the Mets handle this and not get caught with no DeGrom and no replacement to your judge point with the Yankees?
0: I wonder if AAV won't be a factor because the Mets have kind of put themselves in a bad spot here by giving Scherzer 43 and dollars, because that just set a new sort of expectation level for DeGrom. Are you really going to pay two starting pitchers? $85 million. That's a lot of money, even for a team like the Mets. Mm-hmm. Um, they skipped over. I mean, Cole was making 36 a year, and they went from 36 to 43 and a half. That's a big jump in age because they I had understand. to because they didn't think Max would go to a, a team
1: like the Mets, right? They I had, to themselves, a right? I had to do it. it was a shorter contract, I understand
0: they thought they needed to do it. Had but to do just it, just reset the market for the top Correct. guys. Verlander is now Verlander, same thing,
1: 45. Year, 80 yep. million, 85 yep. million dollar deal yep. for a
0: guy who's 39 years old. That's right. Um. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure the years are going to be an issue as well, but the AV could be an issue too. The Mets are going to have to figure something out. I mean, Rodon is probably the number three great guy option. out there. He's probably the number one guy out be there a great option for them too. Age and, and contract length and all of that. Yep. And he'll probably get 30 million. So you're looking at a, yep. you know, a lot less uh, annually than you're going to have to pay the other two guys. Um, But yeah, look, with with Bassett I mean, I think they try to bring Bassett back Whether he accepts the QO or not Tawad Walker, maybe the same thing I mean, he's going to line himself up for uh, You know, a nicer payday than the Option that he turned down, obviously He'll be be
1: Baltimore option or somewhere else may, may give an extra right. year. The Mets are not willing to give a Taiwan. Weapon. Correct.
0: Tyler Anderson kind of in that same boat, Correct. 32. Same thing. Correct. Um, But the Mets are going to, you know, the Mets and Dodgers as good as they are. And as, as you look at them and say, Oh, well, they should be two crazy questions Mark. next year. Crazy questions. The Dodgers have a, I mean, the Dodgers, right tons now of questions, Arias and Gonsolin and Dustin May in their rotation. That's it. And Kershaw is coming back. It yeah, seems, but, yeah. Um, but Walker Bueller's out for the year. And, uh, you know, you've got depth is got depth, depth's Anderson, Mark, their depth has been annihilated. Mark depth has been
1: annihilated,
0: you know, for two of the teams in the national league that you expect to be right there at the top next year, a lot of pitching questions.
1: Yeah, look, I agree, and I think Verlander certainly, you know, maybe reuniting with Max is an option for the Mets if they just want to say let's go for it for two years. which With Scherzer at the age that he's at, but what if you're going to do that, you might as well just do Degrom, the guy you already have, because it's going to be just basically the same AAV. Now we're extending years beyond, but how much does Degrom want three? Does he want four? The, the short I would thing- think
0: he wants. I would think he wants at least four. Oh, at least if he, you know, at maybe least. five. I mean, you know, at five least. year, two hundred million.
1: The but Mets may up, have to give three for one sixty if they're trying to get three. I mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean I I and I don't think well, they that could do point, that. you
0: would just do at that point you would just do four for one sixty.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think they could do it. That's why I think you know, when you hear these you know, who knows look, everybody's got interest in everybody. Everybody should check in it. let's give the rules. Everybody should check in on everyone. Do due diligence and again, why wouldn't you? Right? My favorite like, my
0: favorite offseason uh stories are the ones where it's has uh, interest spoken to the agents for oh yeah over. everyone well, speaks to everybody Brian Cashman thank you he thank will you will speak to the agents for every be an idiot not to on the market you'd be an idiot, be an that's idiot. His job
1: that's right that's right but do the Mets think about perhaps a Rodon and taking a shot at a Tyler Glasnow through a through a trade and trying to hit big on something like that if he's healthy versus Degrom. Is maybe the, because you got to have answers everywhere and you look money is going to take you to a certain extent. I want to talk shortstops with you before I let you run, because I, I think it's the most fascinating aspect in this market. And normally we deal in this market every year, Mark, with starting pitchers and we say, OK, top guy will go first, set the bar, benchmark, AAV or years. And then the second tier waits and then the innings guys wait for these shortstops. I'm fascinated by who goes first and whether or not they go back to where they were or go somewhere else and what that's going to do to the other three, no offense to the other names, but when we talk about the Trey Turners and the Bogarts and the Correas and the Dansby Swansons, I want to kind of touch quickly on each. Dansby Swanson down here in Atlanta, to me, this is a must for them. They've gotten a lot of of really easy contracts in terms of financially, the money that they've saved on Acuna and Albies and some of these other guys. Do you see it the same way? I know they could replace and move Vaughn Grissom and do some of that other stuff, but do you see Swanson as a must for the Braves to figure out after all the success they've had with him as a leader in that room?
0: I think it makes a lot of sense. The wild could be, are they looking at somebody like DeGrom? And if they are, and if you're going to spend $40 million a year on DeGrom, then I don't really that they're going to spend the money on Swanson, but they feel they can move there and they feel they have enough offense. Um I thought, dinner you now just talking to go. That was never, and happened all the that, was the first that you mentioned, the one I feel like So, you either need to sign. Oh. oh,
1: my. Oh, my. Uh, like yes. all
0: the sets in the world. Bryce Harper, yes. I've heard, is pushing for him to come there. I've um, you know, seen him in Washington. And yeah, I think there's a number of teams that could be in place for him. The Cubs seem like a, a fit for him there. Um, but there are going to be a couple of other teams. I, I think, in terms of size of the contract, I would say Turner's number one, maybe in that Corey Seager range. Correa is probably number two. Um, you know, not quite as much, but still should get a very nice deal. Bogart's three.
1: Yeah. I, just to follow on that quickly and I'll let you run it, you know, the interesting part, and I, I don't disagree with that, is that it's rare because Turner, a guy who relies on his legs so, marks, so much and is 30, and Correa is only 28. Now, it's only two years, and in the world that we all live in, oh, 28, I was 30. Okay, what's well, the difference, right? Except for a party. But you know how it is when you deal with free agents. It's looked at very differently. Do, do you think that's going to be a struggle for Correa in terms of how much money he's asking for, that he at 28 is going to look at this and say, hey, of the four guys, I'm the youngest. I don't rely on my legs as much as certainly as Turner does, even as Swanson does in terms of athleticism. Do you think that for Correa, he might have to you know, take a little humble pie and get less than maybe he thinks going out into this market?
0: That happened a year ago. He thought he was going to get the ten-year deal last year. It didn't happen. Uh, he had a good year with Minnesota, but not a, not a great year. Um, so I'm not sure what's changed, other than a full offseason. Who of has got Boris uh, as an agent this offseason? Boris always totally seems to find deals. Um, for Trey's a great player, and you know it's funny. Boris is talking about always got postseason injury, none of the other staff, and I was like. Wait, didn't turn in the World Series like three years ago and also play really well in the World Series? Or in the playoffs um, I don't know if there's any question about it. I think he'll find a long-term. He uh, here. I, I think the also turner. People look at him as a more explosive player and sort of a better player. top to bottom. Um, he make a lot more things happen. He definitely has the edge. We've um, been correct That's a long-term. they'll be relatively close to each other, uh, but if I had to guess which one gets more dollars, I would say turner.
1: Yeah, and all of them would have won World Series, so in you know, all the, the great things that Scott does say, that's probably one he wants to have back, because uh, all those guys have been on teams that have done that, including Swanson, just going back a year ago. Mark, appreciate you. Thanks so much. Congrats to your commanders, buddy. Thank you.
0: Hell, baby. Talk to you soon.
1: <laughs> there he is, Mark Feinstein. We appreciate him joining us and thank you so much. Uh, you uh, joining us as always here on Unfiltered can hop back on uh, with us through the revolution at Twitter at Casey Stern. If you're already through there, go into the YouTube channel or believes at BLEAV. Get on, get your merch and all that stuff. We'll continue to do our carousel stops and hit other positions. I want to hit the starting pitching market later this week. We've got uh, some team hits that we're going to be doing. Tyler Wardy from uh, Believe in Queens is going to join me. Jim Duquette's going to join me. Uh, We're going to do some NLE's later on this week. I'll bounce around the divisions and kind of hit everybody either before or on the other side of Thanksgiving as we get to winter meetings. Bring your questions. You could jump in the YouTube comments and do it if you're watching. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, after you get done with the pod, first of all, uh, like and, and give your reviews and all that good stuff, and thank you in advance. Uh, but you could jump in at Casey Stern on Twitter, either DM me or hit me up in any replies and comments, and get going in the conversation. Appreciate you for being with us, or thanks to our guest today, Mark Feinstein. And as always, we thank the folks at Bet Online because Unfiltered, as always, is presented by Bet Online.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.